Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Joining me today is Timmy McCarthy with Cocoon Investments. Many of you out there may remember Timmy from his episode he did with us, uh, The Curated Life, and that was probably a couple of months ago. He's been kind enough to join us again. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here, Timmy. Um, so just to, to kind of give a, a little bit of a frame for, for the audience out there, um, they wouldn't have known this because it was in my head when we were finishing up the last episode. I was going, man, I really want to get into that thing he's doing with the education piece, you know? Um, and I know you had asked me to help you out uh, and record some stuff for, for your classes and did that. And then it's like, that yeah, was like I got to I got to get him back. So you're here. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be with you again. It really, I mean, and I'm sorry I interrupted. I'm such a jerk. Um, but it really, it does not feel like it was only a month or two ago or a couple of months. I think that's three. Anyway. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, okay. So Timmy, as we dig right in, you, I know mentioned in the last episode that um, you, when you were in school, you, your, your direction was you wanted to go into education. You wanted to be a teacher. Yes. And as life delivers its different twists and turns, you went in another direction, but in some ways, at least if my memory serves, it kind of never left you. And when you moved on from your um, role, um, your venture in Keynes, you kind of thought that that might be what you would be doing next, not necessarily as a teacher or a formalized professor full time all the time. Uh, who knows, maybe will be. But I was curious about what you were teaching um, in some of the universities like at Ohio State and Wittenberg and what that program is about. And how is that um, sort of uh, getting you amped, getting you excited? Well, it's pretty interesting that you bring up uh, those two uh, places because they're two different um, both styles of teaching, two different iterations, two different things we're kind of working through, but similar uh, in certain veins. And so uh, I'll start with OSU because that's kind of where uh, we left off. Um, and the stuff that I'm doing at Ohio State um, is really talking about business ownership um, and trying to demystify what business ownership is all about. 
Um, so there's, um, there's certain aspects of business ownership, I think, that um, are a little opaque. Uh, and, and I'm trying to also cross the bridge to make it a little bit more personal. So uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes when we get into business, uh, we, we think it's this financial kind of added arm's length, added distance, almost transactional uh, type of an experience. But when you're doing, in my opinion, when you're doing business well and correctly, it's very personal. It's very interactive. It's very community driven. Um, And I would also argue kind of two things. Number one, the opaqueness around the financial aspects of business on how do you get a loan? How do you start a business? How do you find the finances? How do you find the capital to, to start a business? Um, and then um, this whole notion of I'm not a business owner unless I start something from scratch right. and 10x grow it. But that's just not 98% of America uh, and the entrepreneurs within America, the business owners within America, are not anywhere close to that. They they have a great business. They do a great amount of business. They, they have a steady pace of growth. Uh, they employ people. I mean, it's just that is the majority of, of American business uh, and business ownership. So I just I, I think that and if you want to dive into that, I can stop. So if you yeah, not, well, I okay. am going to interrupt you on that point because you you just brought something that has always had me curious, and that is, how did we get to thinking that the norm was ten times growth versus what you just described? Um, and my gosh, if 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 the norm is supposed to be ten times, and if you're not hitting ten times, which as you know, Timmy, most aren't. It seems like that would be a recipe for disappointment, um, maybe even overkill because you're just, I got to get there. I got to get there. At that point, you're keeping up with the Joneses because most of the entrepreneurial mythology out there says and speaks to 10x growth and you got to be the next Elon Musk and all of those kinds of things. And that's all well and good. That's great. Keep your eye on the prize. But when you fall short of that, just don't get bummed out. I really love the way you said it, uh, which is just this. I, I mean, a lot of a lot of that type of thinking leads to disappointment, which then is it's just a, a bum out thing. Let, let's say you have a business that does, let's call it two million dollars or ten million dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's top line sales. Yeah, that's a pretty great freaking business, but it's not a $26 billion business. So now I'm not good enough, right? Those kinds of things. That's just, that's a, that's pretty ridiculous sentiment. You know, I I guess when I think about that, I, it it reminds me of those. um, If you look today, um, if you click on an article on Forbes or some other magazine online newspapers too, I guess, and it's got a good headline. And then when you click on it, there's all this advertising everywhere. You're clicking X's so you can see the content type thing. That's it right. seems like it's that. It seems like it's really kind of, I want to get you in to, to 
by leading with 10 times, right? 10 times growth or whatever. And then when we get there, there's all the reality sets in. Oh, wait right. a minute. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. This is, oh, this is a vehicle for advertising. Oh my gosh. Well, is there any good content in here? And I, and that's another thing that fascinated me about what you were doing, Timmy, is because as I've known you for some time, you're kind of that, I'm going to keep it real. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, uh, you, you, you're balanced in that. And I think that's what a lot of new, someone saying, someone thinking, I want to go into business for myself. Someone has, I have an idea. Being able to get that kind of balance in a class, it, it just seemed very powerful. So um, uh, it's funny. That's, that, that's kind of what gave me the idea. Um, I, uh, I, I've been around now enough universities as a uh, guest lecturer that I saw a common element, which was everybody was talking about all the professors were teaching to this entrepreneurial mindset, which is all well and good, but not every concept is disruptive. Um, and so that's, that's what really sparked that. And thanks for the compliment of keeping it real. Yeah, I was, I, I, in my experience, most of the people that I interacted with were, were either parts of or doing business within um, or doing business with multi-million dollar companies, not multi-billion dollar companies. And it just, it dawned on me that, wait a second, what, what, what are we talking about um, if we're trying to teach our, our students that it's all about this massive growth vehicle engine um i think it's showing this discontentment because i think you're gonna have a really great business taking care of your family um and putting food on the table by having a really nice couple of million dollar business and even saying that out loud is like astronomically high in some people's minds or astronomically low and that's the funny part it's not it's not the middle ground that's either almost unobtainable or why are we even talking about a couple of million dollar business that's that's not even that's not even worth getting out of bed for quote unquote right well you know and that brings up another point um you know timmy it's kind of this idea of and and i see this in the clients that we work with uh from time to time is that there's a vacuum there of what is it do they what, what do they really want yes Right. That I, is the question. That's yeah. the key question. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? And, and it sounds it, like such a freaking selfish question, but it's not. It's the only question. Right. Because to your point, right, if you came to me as an investor and said, Eric, I, you're ideal. I love it. And we can grow this thing from two million to 10. We'll get to 100 million in five years. And we're going to have this. We're going to do this. We're going to we're going to hire these folks. We're going to build this team. But if I wanted to just be a consultant around the idea of the ideas, and I don't want tons of people reporting to me, and I don't want to I don't want to work twelve hour days. I need to be able to say, Timmy, that's probably not a good fit for me. Now, Timmy, I get it. As an investor, you might say, well, look, I only do things where I can multiply this thing by 10 times. Yep. Okay, well, we part as friends. But Timmy, my concern is, what if I don't know? What if I don't realize I don't want that until 
we're at a hundred million dollars a year. And I'm going, I, I hate this. What if then? So I would argue, so there is a, there is a phrase in American business um, and really kind of in the vein of entrepreneurship. And the phrase is founders flounder. And I think that what you just asked is at the essence and heart of founders flounder. That's one option of two. The other is, holy crap, my skill set as a founder is only good enough to get me to X size. Now, I either get to X size and I figure out how to take it out of the it's all about me phase so that we can get that next phase. Or I get to that place and I'm like, I don't enjoy this at all. Or a little bit of both. And so then all of a sudden I start realizing that I've got to figure out how to convert myself out of the equation. So um, one of my business partners, uh, you'll appreciate this. Uh, this was only two weeks ago, said, Timmy, I think what you're talking about is me to we to they. And I thought, oh, man, that's really well put. So when you are yeah. starting business or even in a leadership role, this doesn't this doesn't apply just to business ownership. This applies, in my opinion, to leadership in general. Mm-hmm. When, when your work product is on the line, it is a me scenario, right? It is all about what you can produce, how well you can produce it, the high quality, deliver it to high satisfaction to your bosses, right? Or for the company, right? I got 17 hats on. I'm the marketing person plus finance plus whatever. That's got to deliver it's me it's my butt on the line yep then i've got enough people around me either in a leadership position i've got you know four or five people or i've built a company you know with 20 people in it or a hundred now it's we right and it's our thing and and as a leader i have to take the vernacular out of my tongue off of my tongue to to talk about we did this together it is our thing right because now I've got a group of people that need to come on board with me and we're doing this together and that kind of thing. Then it turns into they, where I actually have to hollow myself out as a human. My ego has to get out of there so that I can start talking about they did this. It is no longer about me and it's no longer about we. Everybody wants to come to me and say, oh, it's so great. Look at what you did. And I get to say, they did it. I didn't do anything. Look at what they did. Aren't you proud? Let's be proud of them for the work that they did. That's not delegation. That's beyond delegation. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's... And what's going through my mind, a couple of things. One is that you, you have experience... Um, of that being lived out in the ventures that you have been a part of, at least the ones that I am am aware of. One of the things that I want to stress 
for those out there in the audience <clears throat> uh, is the importance of examining of core beliefs. Because I just got to thinking, Timmy, someone can say, oh, wait a minute, you're telling me I need to know what do I really want. And if you're if 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 what you really want is shaped by core beliefs that are no longer appropriate, you're probably going to end in a destination that you're not going to like very well. And, and that's not a foreboding, you know, you'll be at the point of no return and it's the end. It just means, oh my gosh, if I could look back and I could take the advice that someone gave me, you know, the drill, right? So think about it this way. As you know, Timmy, uh, we form our core beliefs early. They're typically formed most of the time from negatives, right? Most of yep. them are negative stuff. I mean, we heard it from a parent, we heard it from a teacher. You're not good enough. You know, uh, the only people that make it in the world are those kind of people. And because we're so young when we form them, we don't have our brains not developed enough to be critical. Like, yes. well, wait a minute. Is that actually true what Timmy said that only certain people blah blah blah? Is it true that what Eric said is that well I don't I don't think that's the case. As kids, we just we absorb it. Yep. And this is that this is not I mean it just happens, right? And so many of us, myself included, we go out into the adult life that we when we become and we never question those core beliefs. And until you question them to see if they're, are they still appropriate? Should I still be looking at the world in our lens, right? You Time know? Out. You're not supposed to question your core beliefs. How dare, what happens when you question those core beliefs? Yeah. Time out. That's yeah. scary. Why would yeah. you ever question your core beliefs? Exactly, Timmy. And I, I say that to say, uh, imagine if investors or incubators, whatever they are, when they encounter a new person or, or partners that come in with an idea, and maybe it's a really good idea, why not have a little bit of time spent? Maybe they send them to your course at Ohio State. Uh, maybe they sit them down and, hey, we want to talk a little bit about your view, your mindset, your core beliefs, all those things. Because it seems to me that even though the risk of failure in a, a, a business, right, an entrepreneur venture is very high, we all know yes. that, it would seem to me that the impact of those misalignments can be equally as great. Just my thought. But I wanted to put that out there because... You know, when I, I asked that question of you, like, well, you know, you know, about the do you know what people knowing what they want? If it's built on a foundation that's really not true or really not sustainable, uh, it's going to be trouble. So, um, you know how I am with that. So, go but, ahead. But what if the company that you build? And the company that is built because of your original idea or because of the thing you bought or how you partnered together with somebody or a bunch of people, what if that work was not about the thing that you built, but was the opportunity for self-work? Great one. What if the thing... What, what if it actually helped you 
become who you ultimately were or were to understand that you needed to be. Not because of this thing that you created and now you get to fly around on jets and do all these cool things, but because it actually allowed you to look so deeply inside yourself that you realized the fallacy of some of those those strongly held beliefs that you grew up with. Yes. And, and Timmy, I, I, I'm so happy that you, you, you went that direction because um, without a doubt, I'm living walking proof of he tripped, he got up, got hit with a, a hammer, tripped again, got up, fell in a mud patch. And then he was in a field that, wow, this field is pretty fertile. So what you just said got me to a story that somebody, not a story, um, but it's reminding me um, of what somebody taught me a couple of years ago. Um, And what they said was that the friction moments in our lives are the opportunities that we have to do examination, to self-examine, right? So something's not working. And what we oftentimes uh, do, uh, because it's a little bit easier to do, is point outside and go, this is wrong because this thing happened here. And then if only it would have happened this way instead of that way. And instead, what this person was pointing out to me um, and to others I was with is that if we skip past that opportunity to really kind of hit the hit the surface and really dive into to that self-reflection, that friction moment itself isn't an opportunity to go, oh, this, that, and the other thing outside. It's actually the opportunity to go, oh, wait, what am what is what do I need to examine about either my core belief or the chatter that's going on in my head around this topic or um, what am I doing wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, and uh, that kind of takes me to, you know, just for our audience to understand that there's there's multiple roads in which we travel to get to the place. My hope is that place is that, hey, I have great self-knowledge. I know who I am. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what's going to work for me and what won't work for me. But it's never linear. It's always somewhat, I mean, surprising, you know, full of all kinds of accidents that seemingly at the time are accidents, but then you find out that, no, that wasn't an accident. That was part of the journey. That was part of what it would take to get you to X, as you just kind of alluded to. So, But we can't craft any of that journey. That's the crazy part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, see, that's the thing, Timmy. Uh, We could do we could do like Huberman and have like a two hour conversation. But unfortunately, I'm not Andrew Huberman and you don't have that kind of time today. Um, So let me let me pivot. Um, So and then you might have touched us on this in the last episode. Give me an idea about who it is that says, yeah, I'm going to take that class at whatever university you happen to be offering it. Who do they look like? Uh, 
They don't look like anyone in particular. Okay. I mean, really, because, um, uh, I mean, right now it's being offered to uh, MBA students, but I don't, I, that is not, it was more like, almost like the accidents you were talking about. It was, it was more a proximity play for me because I had just graduated. And so I still had some points of contact where it was, it was, I, I said, Hey, can, do you think here, here's how it really happened. I went in as a guest speaker and at the end of my guest speaking, I said, listen, uh, one night a month for three hours, I'm going to teach this topic. It's called business ownership, paint by numbers, um, and we're going to cover these these topics, you know, uh, how to find capital and, um, you know, those types of things. Any Is anybody in this audience interested? If you are, fill out this survey. Out of a group of 20 people, uh, 10 filled out the survey. Oh, actually, 11 filled out the survey and 10 said, I want to I want to go. And I mean... Other than MBA being the common thread, uh, demographically, they are across the board. Across the board. Old, young, race, creed, everything. They are across the board. Wow. Um, so it is, it is, there is no person that it looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's a so- person serious because it wasn't for class credit. That's the craziest part. And I still got 50% turnout and i've got perpetuity so there's there's people still showing up and it's not this is three extra hours on top of the stuff they're already doing and for no extra credit for no course for no great i mean it's just it's amazing well and that leads me into thinking timmy um what kind of responses have you got um and and i want to do it twofold what are they saying about uh the class current day, right? What are some of the feedback? And then if you can think of maybe what are some of the questions they're asking? Well, what's kind of maybe some of that common thread there? So uh, feedback I'm getting uh, would be uh, self-aggrandizing. So I don't know how to do that. uh, I did put you on the spot, didn't I? (laughs) Um, uh, Let's just say that the fact, I, I mean, the fact that they keep showing up in yeah. and of itself is the feedback because yeah. it's, if it were boring and it's not for class credit um, or it wasn't touching on the topics that they really wanted to know about, then I think, I think, I think I'd have attrition. Yeah. Um, that is not, I mean, there it's, that's not what's happening. Okay, cool. What was your second question? What are some of the questions you're hearing in the class and whether that's, yeah. um, you know, fill in the blank. What are, what are maybe the ones that have really been eye opening for you? So, again, it's it's debunking or demystifying this this thing called business ownership. I, I think I think this whole idea around I've got to I've got to have an idea from scratch that I then find money for and then get people on board with and it's got to um uh it's it's got to disrupt uh the current uh thinking or state of mind Mm -hmm. where we started was just finding a need and filling it um 
one great company uh, that comes to mind is a person that just decided that getting razors into people's hands that didn't have to go to the supermarket to get them or, or their local CVS or drugstore mm-hmm. um, was a great idea. Mail order razors. Right. And that's not all that disruptive. And yet Dollar Shave Club, that's that's what that person did. I, I cooked chicken fingers for a living. What's disruptive about that? It's chicken fingers. Like there's so, uh, you know, a more simple format is simply the idea that there is a need in the marketplace that either can be met by an idea you have or is already being met. And all you need to do is either partner with them or buy the business that is already in existence and you know yourself well enough that you can then take it to that next level. Right. And so in my case, I, I partnered, right. I, I became a franchisee of a concept that already existed. That's there's no, I didn't come up with a new idea. I just bought into something that was already existing. Um, And I think, so, so I think that part of it is, is important. I also think that um, the idea of how to find money and how much money you actually need is a really, in most people's minds, super complicated. But it's actually not that, it's not that crazy or mystical. Mm-hmm. So, as long as you've got your hands on um, even a one-page sketch of how you would build something or grow something or whatever, um, most banks have uh, an arm within their bank called and is backed by the government called the Small Business Association or an SBA loan. Yeah. Um. So that is debt capital. And then you've got equity capital, which most people talk about as uh, either angel investors or venture capital. Most of that is earmarked for technology plays. If you're in the technology space and super scalable, all that kind of stuff, that's an avenue you can think or talk about. On the other end, you've got this debt capital uh, that is all affiliated uh, with uh, small business association loans um, and friends and family routes. So um, that's those are two ways uh, that you can raise money um, and get your idea off the ground uh, without a lot of heavy lifting on your end. Now, you got to have an idea that can make it and survive and uh, pay your bills and pay people back and uh, that can, about, but, right? but it's as easy as making a list of the organizations that you know and start calling them, start emailing them, and setting up a meeting. I mean, that's that's it's not more complicated to go get money 
from an institution that literally their whole job is to lend you money. Right. And I do believe you, what you said earlier. That has your idea on it or yeah. the, the thing you want to buy. And you go talk to the person at the front desk about a meeting on that topic. That's it. And then you go do a hundred of them or 10 of them or 50 of them or however many you need to in order to, right? But you have a list of all the places that would lend you that money and you go talk to them. Well, and Timmy, um, I can think back to my early days of entrepreneurism and I, I, you know, I'm sure I did. I had somebody say, hey, have you looked into a small business loan or a small, you know, the SBA thing? And I remember then going, oh, they're not going to lend any money to me. Uh, you know, my idea is not this and it's not that. So I just totally dismissed it without <laughs> not even making the call, not reaching out. You know, it was just, oh, that's not going to work. Which brings me back around to why I think your course can be so powerful because the way that you explained it there, um, I got to believe there's some out there that would and probably already have gone, oh, well, I could do that. You know, I mean, and, and I get it. Yes, one bank will say no, two banks will say no. You know, your mom said she would and then changed her mind. I mean, we right. know that real, but ultimately, you know, I can't, it's a worn out, uh, worn out uh, phrase or, or 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 quote from I think it was Wayne Gretzky. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. Yes, and if you, you know, don't pick up the freaking phone and make the first phone call and yeah. find out that there actually is a human on the other end of the line or an, a respondent to your email yep. that that all of a sudden they say, oh, no, I'm sorry, um, uh, this idea doesn't fit for us. But just that response says, this idea doesn't fit means, wait a second. They took the time to respond, which means I can do this again. And just because it didn't fit for them, there's gotta, there's gotta be somewhere where it does fit. I just, yeah. I just gotta go find that thing, that yeah. place, that yeah. person. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it took me ten banks before anybody sat down with me. I, I sat down for an hour long meeting at ten different places before I finally got the first person to say, "Yeah, we actually could do this, but we got to get some collateral." And I said, what the hell is collateral? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one thing that, that you were saying in there that I think would, would be so uh, helpful for those, you know, future fledgling entrepreneurs, right? And that's that idea, um, or in our world, we call it a competency of emotional intelligence called consequential thinking, weighing the costs and benefits of the choices and decisions you make, right? Like that. So, um, and, and I want to make sure, you know, again, well, for the audience, it's, it's not a, it's not a statement of will it work or won't it work because it's rarely, it's not that simple. Yes. However, as you're encountering, maybe it's your fifth no from a bank. Consequential thinking can come in and say, okay, what's the cost of me stopping now? What's the benefit of me continuing and I get it. And my hope is, Timmy, is that someone who's listening to this episode might go, 
Oh man, two months ago I was listening to that episode with that Timmy, uh, the, the Timmy McCarthy, and he, he was saying, "Yeah, right." I mean, because it, it, absent of that, I you know I I do believe that we can get ourselves into missed opportunities, right? Because yeah. we weren't applying that approach to 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 evaluation. Um, yeah, it's just powerful. Um, well, fear of rejection, right? Yeah. And like you said on the Gretzky quote, you know, 100% shots you don't take, all that. It's But the, you don't take the shots because you think that no means you suck. No doesn't suck. No just means no. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's it. And so we have a tendency, and I do too, all the time, still today, to to believe that a no means I don't love you or I don't like you or I don't like your idea or you suck. There's something deficient in you. Right. And, and so I take it personally and I'm like, Oh, maybe I do suck. Oh, that's too bad. And then the mental chatter starts going and it's like, Oh, you do suck. Oh man. Don't even bother. My gosh, Timmy, because um, you just you just hit on something there. Um, you know, we, we when we talk about fear, right? And fear, especially as an emotion, is one of those ones that. And I'm like you. Uh, if I'm not careful, I mean, that swirl can start and it, it accelerates, right? But imagine if we're able to tackle fear at its initial knock on the door, right? To identify it. Okay, what? Why am I afraid here? Well, what's behind this fear? Versus, oh, maybe, maybe it is true, and then the spiral happens. And it's so I, for me, speaking for me, it is so hard when the spiral is down a hundred feet to try to climb back up to just base level, right? Um, and. To my point, a uh, long way around is that this idea of fear, you know, uh, sound like Roosevelt. Fear is the only thing we have to fear, or whatever, however that goes, right? Um, I think if we can, if we can, and it might take that practice of okay, when that feeling comes, let me get on it right away. Let me test it. Let me let me ask the questions. Is it true? Is it really something that I should stop for? Is this a grizzly bear or is this just me taking chatter from 20 years ago? Some kind of testing, right? I love it. And so um, I know that you are a believer in what I'm about to say uh, in that uh, uh, teaching comes from everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. The, the amazing part about us arriving here is that not but a couple of hours ago, uh, as I was walking my nine-year-old son into school this morning, he said, Dad, we need to talk. And I said, okay. Because yesterday we had some, some challenging, I mean, it was a Christmas Eve event at, at my uh, my in-laws and, and the whole thing and, you know, sugar abounds and, and all of that. And, you know, I, I didn't handle myself well. Uh, and he wasn't exactly on point either. Um, and he said, dad, we need to talk. And I said, okay, I'm listening. And he said, dad, 
Have you, do you know the difference between the wise owl and the guard dog? And I said, no, what, what? And he said, in your emotional state, uh, you have the wise owl at the front and you have the guard dog at the back. And there's about 10 seconds where uh, the wise owl can, can get in the way and stop the guard dog from taking over and taking control. And he said, yesterday, I think uh, that you let your guard dog uh, take control without your wise owl getting getting in the way. And I went, oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> a little goosebumpy. And I was like, yeah. well, I'm, is that just me? Or Right? I mean, being the dad, I'm like, whoa, this is a teaching moment. I'm going to teach you how to, and like, no, it's it's for all of us because we do have those moments where the guard dog, right, is thinking that it's a bear attack when the wise owl just needs to be like, yeah, no, it's you're you're going to be fine. Just chill for a little bit and let this all happen and and transpire. You don't need you don't need to guard. Man, that that's profound. And that gives me a tremendous level <laughs> of hope and a nine-year-old somewhere along the line has been learning about that because that basically is emotional intelligence wrapped in one really cool story and you know the beauty of it too timmy and and not a lot of people realize that i think more of it's starting to to blossom for people to understand and that is is that your brain is not your enemy uh that guard dog is there for a good reason all right. But it's supposed to work hand in hand with the wise owl. Yes. We have grown up. Many of us have grown up really kind of leaning in on the guard dog. And when you look at our society, we spend so much time in survival mode. What's around the corner? How is it going to work out? And what will they do next? And what if? And what if? And what if? That's a call for the guard dog, man. I mean, yep. <laughs> that is. Uh, but that's that's just awesome. Um, all right. I, because of your time, our time, I've got to pivot. Uh, and we'll put in the show notes, everyone, uh, information for Timmy. If you'd want to get a hold of him, if you want to ask him some questions, learn more about the courses that he's teaching. Um, but I'm going to ask you, Timmy, to pull out your crystal ball. And I know up until the time that we scheduled this, you probably didn't even know you had a crystal ball. Because <laughs> just I, found out this this yeah. afternoon. <laughs> right, exactly. So this comes with uh a, a bit of a warning for our audience. It is only a crystal ball. Uh neither Timmy or I and where we're going next are gonna say for sure. But because I value your thoughts and 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 how you are perceiving and and maybe analyzing what's happening. When we look out into 2023, and I'm not going to go there, hey, Timmy, do you think we're going to go into recession? That's not, <laughs> uh, there's been enough of that talk, uh, so we won't exhaust that one. But what are some things that you're seeing out there in 23 and even maybe beyond, uh, could be positive, could be negative, that has really got your attention as of late? Um, I, I do think we're just going to have a settling down. Um, and I mean, on a lot of different fronts where, um, I think that this, this has been an anxiety ridden couple of years. Um, and, uh, nature holds some context, I think for us, 
um, that, um, uh, well, let me say it this way. Um, I love uh, whitewater rafting. Um, a buddy of mine is actually a, and I actually went and cooked chicken fingers with him for a while. His name's Christo and he is a whitewater rafting guide. Um, and one of the, uh, more well thought of ones on the river on many rivers. Cause when you're a whitewater rafting guide, you actually go from river to river to river, mm-hmm. uh, looking for work and that kind of stuff. And so, um, so you have, um, on the other side of rapids and an event, an occurrence, um, kind of usually off to the side, uh, and they're called eddies where the water kind of slows down and recirculates and chills for a little bit. And then it enters back into the stream. That's going a lot more slowly than it was when you were hitting all those rocks and rapids and all of that. And I just, I mean, I get the sense that we're heading into an eddy. So 2023, I think, is just, we've had huge growth and huge disruption and huge tumult. And I I think 2023 is just going to be kind of a, it's not going to be fully chilled out because it's recirculating and kind of hang it, but it's going to be a lot less, a lot less intense. That's my belief. Yeah. So within that, um, what are some things that maybe come to your mind, even just in this moment uh, of how you would say, whether it's somebody in your class or maybe it's somebody you were formerly with when you were at Keynes or maybe a current business partner, what can they do, do you think, to kind of navigate that form of a rapids or, or a river? I think, as you've said, um, uh, the, and we use the guard dog in this context. Right. Um, and I would even, we just, we love, our brain loves problems. Our brain loves to perceive problems, to perceive things as problems, um, and enjoy a good, um, a good fight. Um, and, I think when we come to an eddy, we think, where's, I got to be on guard. I Hold on, something's coming. This can't be too calm. This is weird. It's, I don't know about this. So, I'm like, I'm not, I need to get back on the balls of my feet so I can be ready for the next thing that's coming. Oh man, this is really bad. And it's just hangout time. And so that's, that would be, that would be what I would encourage, which is in these moments of, of the potential of rest to not look around for what's coming around the corner to actually just sit back, chill out, enjoy the downtime. Cause you gotta be ready. You gotta have the energy ready for when, uh, when the, when the high intensity, uh, comes and, not yeah. too, too hard too well, often and you know what um it, it's been my hope for a long time that people will become more aware that they were made to be able to be on the river in all of its various forms um 
I find so many people think whether they think they're not good enough or they're not capable of thinking I can only handle a portion of it. I can handle that eddy, but that's about as good as I can go. And the reality is, is that all of us were on this river. Yeah. And, and there's time. water rapids all yeah. the time, whether you know it or not. Exactly, Timmy. Handle it. I totally agree. Yeah. And certainly our work is certainly partly designed, if I can say it that way, for people to gain that understanding, maybe not in a, you know, sort of that overt way, but just that, look what you've accomplished. Look what yeah. you've survived. Look what you learned to navigate when you'd never experienced it before. And I get it. Um, everybody wants the eddy. With, why can't the river be like an eddy all the time? I mean, yeah, but you know what? And I use this analogy with one of my kids. Um, so name me one movie that you just loved and would see over and over again, where all of the characters had everything go their way. Yes. No problems. Everything was up. I mean, quite frankly, Timmy, we both know that's awfully boring. And I probably, I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> right. Right. But give me the movie. And and this is another uh, reference. Uh, Jeff will be somewhat proud of me. I'm, I'm getting close to a music reference, but it's a movie reference. I don't know if you've seen the movie Argo. Um, and Argo, uh, for those in the audience who it was an Oscar nominated film is back many years ago. Ben Affleck was the uh, was the, the the main actor. And it's about the story of the hostage taking in Iran back in 1979. That movie, Timmy, and it's not the only one. It's what I love about it. It is, I mean, you know what the outcome was, but I found myself sitting there going, okay, do they realize that that, that those guys are not going to go for that? And then it gets, oh, okay, all right, that's good. Oh, my gosh, there's that. And that that is life. And And granted, nobody says you have to say, I love it. It's just, I don't like it, but I want to navigate it. Yep, that's where that's where the the the, the gold is. Um, so, um, what's uh, as as we're kind of getting close to the end here? Um, what's what's something that you're working on now? And it could be even a little bit of the class and the educational thing that's got you real excited. Whether it's for the like right in front of you or for something that is coming in 23. What's it got you excited? So, um, uh, I, I found out, um, that there are such things, uh, as student run corporations. Um, and they're at a couple of universities around the United States. And, um, I realized, uh, what a great way for students to take the theory of business and apply it while they're still on campus uh, using profit and loss statements and cash flow and balance sheets and all of that uh, as the language of business and uh, borrowing money and paying back and, and those types of things where um, uh, I just, that's what I'm most excited about bringing to Wittenberg um, is is that is allowing student run um, corporation to be on Wittenberg's campus uh, and for them to learn and grow through the, through the practice of doing. 
So wow. that's, I was pretty excited about that. Wow. I had Lots no of idea. That's, that's. Is, so. is this, this, um, you know, just to kind of expand a little bit, um, is this been a trend or is this something that just kind of came upon? I'd not heard of no, this. It's been around for the university of Dayton had it on their campus for 30 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm just now I'm got, I got it in my head about, okay, so what happens when the thing really starts to take off? Does it spin off out of the university and goes into being a private or. That's what we're going to find out. This is back to, <laughs> I love it. back to not knowing. Right. I mean, this yeah. is the, this is the fun of like, I don't know. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Is anybody going to care? Is nobody going to care? How do we sustain it when every four years you lose your people? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're literally unlike the restaurant industry that maybe, or maybe they won't leave. There's literally a four year time horizon. So it's pretty fun. And I got to tell you, Timmy, because in one of our uh, most recent episodes, we, we were talking about um, David Goggins uh, and and uh, the former Navy SEAL. Uh, he's an outrageous athlete um, and maybe not athlete, but he, he does these ultra marathon type things, you know, 200 mile races. Right. Kind of former Navy SEAL, real intense guy. But he, he was on a Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about um, the issue around um, talent and mental strength. Right. And he was talking about how the danger in being talented or the danger of talent is that it can be used to a point and people get complacent with where that has taken them. So they have an unwillingness to go in further, any further out. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about for 2023 is examining areas of my life where, well, why didn't you or why don't you reach out and take that course? Why don't you ask that person if they'll have coffee? What's been holding you back? Right. And all of us, I know, have our specific areas. I'm not going to go into mine today, but, you know, I, there was one particular one that I've always wanted to do it. I've always had a desire for it. I've always wondered if I could do it. But you know what I did in my head, Timmy? I would say things like, "I, I, I don't think I can. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I have that." Or that person is too busy, or they don't have time, or they'll say no. Might as well not. Right. And and especially the more personal the particular area is, the more daunting it can be, because it's one thing if it's something that's going to stretch you beyond your talent and put you sort of exposed. Right. And the way I've been thinking about it in connection with what you said about the university model, the, the university corporation, if you will, is it's inspiration for all of us that we don't know but we're going to try it. We don't know, but we're going to try it. And why does that need to be a call for the guard dog? Right. Right. You know, well, why does that, why do we need, Oh no, no, no. I could never do that to me. Oh no, 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 Timmy. I've got to, no, no. I'm just saying that piece in and of itself is, is great inspiration to just, if you've got something, those of you in the audience that 
you, 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 it's been in your head and maybe it's been an itch that you can't scratch enough. Why not just pick up the phone? Why not just send an email, inquire? So, so I'll leave you with this. Um, my dad, uh, as my, uh, one of my best friends, uh, from high school was graduating, still see him today. Mm Um, uh, was graduating high school. He bought him one of those, maybe it was from accessories or something like that, but he bought him this, this paperweight type rock. And on the front of it, uh, was written, whether you believe you can, or you believe you can't, you're right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's a money, double money quote. Oh my gosh, Timmy. What a way to end our episode. Um, Yeah. And that will be in the show notes as well. (laughs) You can count on that. Oh my gosh, Timmy, I can't thank you enough for taking out the time with us again. Um, And I wish you all the best on your endeavors. Uh, And obviously we're going to want to have you back to to give us some updates on the university thing and more. And uh, with that audience, really appreciate you tuning in today. We look forward to the next time that we're together. Take care. See y'all. Bye, Eric. Thank you.